Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. All right, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave, and we're joined by a special guest who I'll introduce to you momentarily. But first, let's get started with Mike. How you doing, sir? I'm pretty damn good, man. Uh, came off a long weekend to call at work, uh, you know, punched in for uh, over 20 hours in the operating room. So, you know, uh, at, at this point, I, I'm, I'm surprised I'm still awake because I had to, I left work at midnight last night and uh, got home, didn't get to bed till 1am, had to get back up at 4.45. So uh, I'm surprised I'm still awake right now. But, uh, you know, I mean, the kids got me running around and stuff and I had to uh, organize a, a team for my son's uh, big indoor three-on-three tournament. So that's that's been uh, most of my evening tonight. So so let, let's talk about this for a minute because you just you struck me with something. Uh, so if I go into the hospital for surgery, there's a good likelihood that there is an underslept, um, exhausted person waiting to take care of me. Is that an accurate way to put it? Um, in general, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say in general, nice. but like even more so now. You know that like COVID is hitting, like we're so. <laughs> We're so understaffed and overworked that, uh, you know, I mean, but generally in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we put in sometimes these orthopedic doctors, you know, old ladies climbing up on uh, stools and chairs and stuff and falling off and breaking hips. And, you know, Steve doesn't know what that's like yet, but um, he will, you know, hey, like, I got up in here the other day. It hurt my back. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonetheless, Mike, we, we salute you uh, for your service. Thank you for oh, that. Wow. And uh, yeah, moving on, Steve, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. You know, I was, as Mike was going through uh, talking about COVID hitting, I just came to the realization that my son has missed daycare more because COVID has prompted them to keep kids out than him actually being sick and not being allowed to go. So there's nothing quite like paying hundreds of dollars to a daycare to keep your son at home because some other kid at the daycare was sick and they want to be cautious. This so is where I'm we are, my friend. Dandy this week. Yep, this is where we are. Sorry about that, but that's that's real right now. Um, hey, time to introduce our guests. So here's here's the intro I'll give. Obviously, Mike and Steve know who's who's with us. As a host of a, a podcast, I always appreciate people who host podcasts. So that's one clue for you. Uh, on another, uh, another realm, I would say that uh, this gentleman is somebody that in many ways we've looked at the work that he and, and his crew do to kind of figure out how we were going to approach this game. So we appreciate that. So uh, final clue, and I was, I was listening to this just today, um, in their most recent podcast, this individual stated that he was coming on Wicked Spursy and, and specifically said that he was, he was whoring himself out. And so, so Sam <laughs> from Dr. Tottenham, I am honored that we are your first like it, it it feels good and we hope that the the honor is shared for this horish experience of yours and sam welcome man we're glad to have you with us oh man thank you so so very much for uh for having me you know i, I i've given vast uh shit you know he he um i'm trying to think you know i i first met him through his association with the fighting cock and then he's uh, I think he had appearances uh, on on their pod, and he's had uh, uh, you know pretty regular appearances on uh, on last uh, on uh, LWS last one on Spurs, 
with uh, with Ricky and the crew. And, and look, I, and, and Tim is, uh, uh, has been asked to do things and I give them shit, but I mean, it's, a, it's, it's flattering. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I call them whores and, you know, Dan has, has had, I'm sure countless opportunities to be on, uh, on pods and he hasn't. So he and I kind of have this running joke. So I, as I said, I, I told him I was whoring myself out just, uh, just like they've done, but no, uh, thanks for having me. It's a, uh, it's a great, uh, pleasure to, to get to know you guys. And, um, uh, I mean, I think that's why we all do this, right? Is to, you know, enjoy Spurs, sort of spread the word and and give yourself an opportunity to 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 meet new people and have new experiences. So I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm thrilled to be on here. Thank you. You got it. We're thrilled to have you, man. Thanks for that. So hey, why don't you get us started? I'm sure you've done this before, but um just for our sake, could you give us a little bit of your Spurs story? Like what's what's your origin uh as a supporter of the club we all love? Yeah, yeah, I, I love uh, I love talking about it. You know, my my, my roots are uh, are in London. I was I was born and raised. My uh, my mother and my real father both British, and I grew up really in North London. And where I when I fell in love with Spurs was really, I mean, officially in '81. Like that's one of the first like visceral memories that I have because I had that Lecoq Sportif kit, and you know that was that uh, that was the you know the '81 FA Cup year. And, uh, you know, everybody's got that lasting memory of Ricky Villa. Well, I was there. I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was uh, what, 11 years old at the time. And, um, and I really kind of had an inkling for them when they signed Ozzy and Ricky a few years prior. But that was really sort of the moment that kind of cemented it for me. And then, then my family abruptly left uh, London when I was about 14 or 15. And then I kind of had this, you know, sort of dark period where I wasn't, you know, I was desperate to be connected with Spurs, but it was just so hard to, 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 to get information and then, uh, you know, coming out of the dark ages and thank God for the Internet and uh, and uh, really managed to sort of rekindle my my love for the club. I'm 51 years old. So I've been loving this club now for almost 40 years. That's crazy. That's longer than Steve's been alive. That, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Steve. He teed that one up. I, yeah. No, just, but just... I don't want to play host, but I'm dying to hear like you guys, because I was so blown away, you know, listening to you guys last week how incredibly knowledgeable you are, but forget about that. It's just your, your, your passion. I mean, you, you deeply love this club. So I'm, I'm eager to hear your stories as well. Well, yeah, we could do that. Um, Mike, why, why don't you get started? Mine's, mine's actually uh, quite simple. Um, so my son, my son's name is Lucas and Dave likes to come on. Likes to see, Yeah. He likes to say love that it. I named him after Lucas Mora. Uh, um, He's so trying to change his son's name to he's changing his son's name to Hoybier now. I don't know what the what the deal with that is. How, how, old, how old is he, Mike? How old is he? Uh, he's nine years old. Um, he's nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, at two years old, I took him to my daughter's soccer practice. My daughter, not at all, real uh, real athletic. She was kind of the girl out there twirling her hair, you know, and her and her in <laughs> her pink uh, umbro socks and pink uh, <laughs> pink cleats. At five yeah, years old, and my, my two-year-old son wanted to play and wanted to play with him so he just got out there now this is a kid who at two years old insisted on wearing shin guards uh all the time everywhere <laughs> uh had to have the soccer ball on his big boy bed with him you know and and so uh i started like that's when i kind of started getting interested um and seemed like and i think it was right around the same time that uh, nbc started picking up premier league okay. so i just kind of 
started watching it just seemed every single week Tottenham was on Tottenham was on Tottenham was on it was like almost every single week every time I turned it on um so it was kind of like you know right at that kind of the beginning of the potch era um I didn't get be, be, you know any of the eras before that so um my son got interested he we we were watching like ESPN2 at one point or something and there was a brazil soccer game on and it was i think it's i think it's honestly lucas's only cap ever in a in a brazil in a brazil jersey <laughs> for the for the big for the big club i mean he played on in the u20s or whatever the u23s but sure. um he saw him and saw lucas like at like three years old saw lucas on the back of his jersey he's like oh my god that's my name and then like a couple years later here we are watching Premier League on TV, and there's Lucas Moore on, on our team that we had adopted. So um, he became Amazing. a big Tottenham fan. And I, I the really the first memory that really clicked for me with him was um, during the Champions League final and uh, or the wow. semifinal, the Champions League semifinal, sorry. Wow. And uh, I had picked him up from daycare and we got home just in time for the second half, and we were already getting our, our asses stomped. And he was a little disappointed, you know, he's a little guy. Um, so he was disappointed. And then Lucas scored that first goal. And I was like, oh, my yeah, I said, there might be a chance here, buddy. You never know what's going to happen. And then he scored the second goal. And that, that, now he's standing up on the couch, right? <laughs> we don't allow that That's at our great. house, you know. He's standing <laughs> up on the couch. But my wife doesn't. And uh, <laughs> and then when he hit that third goal, he jumped so far in the air up off his oh. couch. And like, oh, I wow. caught him and like, we're dancing around. So, I mean, it, that's kind of like, I became obsessed at that point. Like I was, I was a casual fan, but I became obsessed. I've never, I, I didn't grow up a soccer fan. So, it, you know, I, I kind of, it's, it's a neat thing because I, what I do is uh, what I did as a kid with all of my teams that I, that I love. I mean, be, behind me, you can see the Boston Red Sox stuff. I immerse myself in the history of the club. As a little kid, I used to do that. I used to just kind of stuck in every little thing about the clubs that I, and the teams that I loved. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, I, I did that as an, I got to do it as an adult, which is kind of cool. That's great. So, and, and yeah, and now it's, everything is, is, is soccer is football for me. So I, I just, I just, and, and it's all because of my son, you know, and, and he plays on a, he plays for, um, a travel club soccer team. We pay a lot of money for him to do it, but uh, <laughs> it's it's the only thing that he really loves. He really enjoys. He's like, Amazing. he's the kid who goes out and shovels off, you know, the lawn so he can shoot goals. I have a goal up for him all, all year round. So that's, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. I love it. That's, uh, my, that's my origin. <laughs> love to hear those uh, father son connections, man. That's great. All right, Steve, how about you, man? What's your story? Yeah, so uh, unlike Mike, I've actually been sort of a soccer fan pretty much my whole life. Uh, you know, my mom's from Brazil. We lived in a, a very uh, multicultural area of New Jersey for most of my formative years. You know, some of my earliest memories watching, uh, you know, Brazil 98 World Cup 2002, uh, especially that win in 2002. We went down to uh, Newark, Ferry Street in Newark, and just everybody was going nuts. Um and we ended up moving to a, you know, a little further out, more rural area of New Jersey, you know, got a little more disconnected from it. So I needed something to kind of, you know, keep me engaged because I wasn't getting a lot of that just around me anymore. Um, so we had, you know, been 
going to see uh, New York Red Bulls games on occasion. You know, tickets were dirt cheap because nobody's really going to those. Um, and you know, it's it's right by you know where my you know, my mom grew up. It's where uh, I used to live pretty much. So we would go there every once in a while. And I got a call um, from one of the sales guys one day. You know, hey, you know, we've got a, a double header. Um, it's like twenty bucks a ticket. You know, you interested? And it was uh, Red Bulls, it was Tottenham, it was Sporting Lisbon, and uh, Manchester City. I remember that. I was in this city that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, it was a good game. But, you know, for 20 bucks a ticket, I was like, hey, mom, you want to go to this? You know? Heck yeah. We took off. Um, and, man, I just, watching them, it was just like some of the best performance i've ever seen i mean robbie Keane in and of himself won me over um i absolutely love that guy um you know it kind of sucks that i i jumped on the trade when he was like you know towards the end of his career and you know almost done wrapping things up but uh yeah i remember him uh really got me worked up uh, i don't even remember who scored in that game i just remember that it was just you know they, it was aggressive it was fun it was exciting and uh when I, I got to following them pretty religiously after that, um, I realized very quickly that fun and exciting doesn't necessarily translate to wins. No. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Some of my deep-seated anxieties probably come from <laughs> watching them early on in my uh, teenage years, but uh, no, I, I, I stuck with them. Um, you know, through Rednap uh, was pretty much my first and uh, biggest uh, view into into Spurs, and I got to watch him. I got to watch all the uh, chaos that stemmed from his departure and mm. the emergence of Bale, and then the departure of Bale, all that good stuff. Um, but sure. yeah, you know, it's been great to stick with them this whole time. I don't know. I feel like uh, part of of why I, I get so upset is because I've seen how good they can be, and and uh, you know, I want them to be good. But at the same point. You know, I, I don't feel as disappointed when we lose as maybe some of the, uh, you know, plastics that support City and uh, some of those other larger teams, you know, the guys that just want the team that wins all the time. So sure, sure. it's ended up being a great balance for me. Um, I've enjoyed my time as a Spurs fan and I'm hoping to push it on to my son, too. I keep telling him every time they play, get ready for disappointment. <laughs> keep working on him man keep working on him you know he's 16 months old he doesn't quite get it yet but he will he will he, he has no choice for sure <laughs> sam my story is um very very uh i think stereotypical in some ways and then maybe ever so slightly unique so i i i think i'm a stereotype and then i i'm a typical mm-hmm. american guy I grew up playing baseball basketball and football you know and, and football was my primary sport and I mean American football by that I had buddies that played soccer and I I didn't understand and didn't really want to understand you know like it just it was a world that didn't really intersect with with mine and um but just to give you some context so obviously Mike's Mike Steve and I are all in Vermont I've been in Vermont for eight years my whole life before that was in the Chicago area primarily so we would spend a lot of time each year going back and forth between Chicago and and Vermont and one summer we were driving home from Vermont back to Chicago Mike and Steve don't know this um, but Mike knows part of this story. Driving in the middle of the night through the state of Ohio, I'm able to pick up the, the sports radio station that I listen to out of Chicago. It's ESPN 1000. And they have this late night, like, hey, third caller gets four Chicago fire tickets for tomorrow's, tomorrow's match. I'm like, 
whatever i'm calling you know i've never won anything right i'm calling i'm winning these tickets well wouldn't you know i call up i win these tickets at like two in the morning next day i'm like crap who, who am i going to take to this so i take my two young sons who are probably like three and seven at the time uh grabbed the little kid across the street took him as well and uh we went to see the fire i believe they were playing real salt lake and like just that vibe, even in a little MLS stadium, I was feeling it. You know, you, you got a scarf when you went in, you're doing the whole, just the whole routine and they're singing and there's drums and there's smoke and it was cool. And I thought, I need to figure this sport out one day because I don't know, I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't even know how this works. I shelved that for a while. Um, 2017, 2018 season, I just decided on a whim, like I want to learn a new sport. I want to, to figure out a new team to support. I, I didn't even know like the difference between all the different professional leagues. I had to sort that out. I decided a, a little kid actually at work told me that English premier league was, was the best league in the world. I said, all right, English premier league it is. Right. So then I just started, <laughs> I started thinking about like my, my own history. So as a Chicago guy, I'm, I'm a white Sox fan, big white Sox okay. fan. Can't stand the Cubs. I knew I wanted a team from a big city that had like a natural bitter rival. And that just kind of opened up some, some possibilities for me. And, and the, the, Tottenham Hotspur just spoke to me, you know? And so all of a sudden it's like, all right, I got, I got my league. I got my team. Now I need to learn how the hell soccer gets played. Right. Like I didn't, Thank God I, nobody I, kicked you in the balls. Right. And, and seriously, the other way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I didn't talking even, right now. <laughs> I didn't even know what offsides was, you know, I didn't understand the difference between like a corner kick and a goal kick. You know, like oh, I didn't, incredible. I, I didn't have any of the, the minor details that a five-year-old understands. I had none of those. So I, I, truly just like piece by piece thought I'm going to learn this thing. I'm going to learn how to talk about it. I'm going to meet some guys that talk about it. And eventually the three of us uh, said, Hey, let's do a podcast and talk about this stuff. So um, in that short span of time, like have seen, you know, an interesting trajectory, right? Like where the club was in 17, 18 and 18, 19 um, to where they went and then where they are now. Um, I have this cool memory, actually the champions league semifinal, I, I came home from work early that day. I, I thought I was alone in the house, but it turned out my oldest son, who's now 20, was down in the basement. I didn't know he was he was there. So I just had that moment, like on that third goal, just I went ballistic, right? Like everybody went ballistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm screaming and yelling. All of a sudden, my son comes like roaring out of the basement, like, are you okay? What's going on? Like, oh, crap. I didn't know you were here, man. Sorry. I thought I, thought I was doing this so well. <laughs> You know, just just cool memories. And even in an abbreviated time period for myself, with someone who knew nothing about the sport, like it's the last five years have been an absolute joyride and pleasure. And, and you know, I don't have that lifetime of, of supportership like a lot of people have, but I, I feel lucky to uh, to support the club that we, that we all support. Listen, I, I think that uh, it's it's not unfair to say that, like, for each year that you've been a Spurs supporter, is, it's really like in dog years, right? So, you know, it may only be like three or four years for you, but it's really more like, you know, 25, 30 years. I mean, really, I mean, like the last three years alone, like what we've been through from, from lows to highs and all of the, 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 uh, the, the misery and craziness in between. I mean, you've really, you've really experienced a, a, a lifetime of Spurs. I mean, you, you've certainly, you've certainly sort of encapsulated in three years, the, the 20 years of Enoch and, you know, all the levels of, of frustration. So yeah, you've definitely earned your, your stripes. And, and, and I totally get why, you know, uh, relative to, you know, guys that have been, you know, from England and this has been their lifelong club, you guys, 
you guys know a ton and now i have a deep appreciation for for, for why you, you, you do that's amazing that's cool we appreciate that man thank you yeah hey, while we're sticking with stories i'd love to just quickly i've never heard this story um could you tell us a little bit about how I, originally you were hot for america right but how mm -hmm. your pod came to be and like yeah. what, the, what the kind of origin is there yeah 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 i'm uh, proud to i mean and props to, to ken saxton i mean you, you know uh I never would have been on a, 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 a you know any podcast if it uh, if it if it weren't for him and and really what his sort of vision was and his vision was was to just um, you know I think there was a lot of parallels with with you and him he just you know he, he you know very quickly developed this deep passion for this club and he wanted to talk about it more and learn about it more and 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 experience more and and that's what and, and so his thinking was is that there were you know plenty of uh of spurs fans just like him in the u.s and frankly there were and uh and he was doing it by himself originally and then i, I can't remember how i found out that he was doing it I started listening to it and man i mean i i, I felt like i was sort of you know kind of a, a a caged animal to a degree because you know i i was kind of in the dark lane. I, I when i first moved to the states i moved to mississippi i mean you didn't mention to anybody that you had any interest in soccer let alone you know supported a club and so you know i had this sort of dark period of my life where i didn't have anybody to talk to so now with with podcasts and it becoming a global game and so i begged him i mean i begged him i must have asked him but i countless times and uh if it weren't for his grace he, he allowed me uh to do it and uh simon dodsworth who's a, you know chairman of uh, dallas spurs was part of it as well and then we asked tim to join and then uh Simon moved away. Ken had a uh, 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 new new job. A lot of things going on in his, in his personal life, and uh, and then we had uh, uh, Vast join. I can't remember where the Vast came before Tim or Tim came before Vast, but anyway. So we we uh, continued on the pod. Was is Ken kind of wanted to uh, move out, and, and you know we've been doing it for kind of five ish years at that point, and then uh, we sort of for the first time kind of said, "Wow, we're we're still doing this." So people are kind of listening and. And we started kind of asking ourselves, well, what are we producing and who's listening? And then, um, you know, at all varying degrees, we're kind of we're kind of miserable bastards. And so we kind of we, we came up with the Dr. Tottenham name because, you know, Dr. Tottenham will see you now. And 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 our pod is about therapy as much as uh, it is, you know, about Spurs. So so that's kind of our, you know, the genesis of, uh, of Dr. Tottenham. That's that's very cool. And you just made me think, you know, there are those times after a rough match where i sort of dread when we hop on the pod right because it's like man i, I always feel better though don't you yeah you i don't want to talk about after. it today but after we get together and i bet mike and steve would say the same like it has been therapy and it's it's a good uh it's a good thing to to just talk and talk to your buddies about something important mike steve I mean, anything to add on that i gotta tell you i mean I, that's that's so true about you know podcasts themselves um, I never thought I'd find myself doing this. And in, in fact, I kind of shied away from, uh, I wanted to do uh, a, a Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame football fan. Oh, and, uh, I wanted to play football <laughs> so bad. I was, I was, no, I'm serious. I was a kicker in college. And, oh, uh, he were and, you? I, and I went to a, uh, I went to an all boys Catholic high school in New Orleans uh, called Archbishop Shaw. And uh, I mean, that was God. That was when Tony, Ry I mean, Lou Holtz was there, Tony Rice. You guys had Reggie, Reggie Ho was your kicker. And yeah. that's the reason why I didn't play at Notre Dame because you already had a really, really good kick. Reggie Howe used to do the love Notre Dame. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Pardon me. No, no, no. That's perfectly fine. Uh, so I'm, I, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to do, originally do a Notre Dame uh, football uh, podcast. And uh, 
my my buddy whose dad is a who, who's a legacy there um and grandfather uh just that he didn't really want to get into it uh, it it's and it kind of intersect being a Notre Dame football fan and it kind of intersects with my Spurs fandom is kind of, uh, you know, waiting to win a trophy, but everybody knows it's never going to happen. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We, yeah, we'll get into that. In I'm sure we'll talk time. about that. Yeah. But I, you know, I, yeah, I can, I can, I can truly say it has been therapy. Um, and it, it maybe has kept me from being a fucking like Newcastle fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know my wife we we were watching a, we were watching the newcastle game my wife's like oh you're playing the referees <laughs> i was like yeah we are playing the referees today <laughs> my wife knows knows nothing she just kind of comes through the living room every once in a while makes a little editorial comment and then that's uh, walks away. Oh, that's clever that's clever <laughs> hey you guys want to you want to give these questions a shot we got some questions from uh some of our loyal listeners so what do you, what do you say Steve, can I throw one at you? Yeah, oh, this is really. All right, this is gonna be great, Steve. Steve, off the cuff, Steve. No, <laughs> no preparation, Steve. Uh, the hey, I've prepared. On. <laughs> What's that? A, on, man. You got a bush light you got going there tonight, Steve? What are you, what are you working my, on? Uh, my watermelon goes. Oh, it's the watermelon. Nice. And by the way, what? Hey, Mike, what you drinking is coming up later. So everybody, just oh, yeah. buckle up and stay tuned for that one. All right, Steve. Here's here's your question. This is a long one, so bear with me. <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine a bigger mistake than letting Potch go after a rough month, which is roughly akin to cutting ties with your dream girl because she farted once. Just going to let that sit for a minute. Do you think in five years we'll look back on not selling Harry Kane when someone was willing to pay $100 million for him as a greater folly than letting Potch go when we did? Deal with um, that one, buddy. Well, first off, I want to know who is offering a, a, a hundred mil for, for Harry Kane. I don't think anybody even came close to that. It was a hypothetical hundred mil. Yeah, it was it was an assumed hundred mil. Would that be the way to put it? Yeah, assumed doesn't mean a, a legitimate bid. I mean, if a legitimate bid came in for a hundred mil, I'd still think, well, I mean, surely at the time he's worth more than Jack Graylish, who has got to be like the world's most expensive bench player right now, right? Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, so, no, it, you know, I think the jury's still out on that one. Obviously, he hasn't been performing well this season. Um, but that said, he's crushed it over this international break. I, I get the feeling that having uh, somebody like Conte on board has really energized him to actually do something. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a bit conflicted, right? Because on the one hand, I think you put your you put the shirt on, you should be giving it 100% all the time. I don't care who your manager is. You know, we talked, uh, what was it, last week about how Hoy Beard was like, oh, my grandma could be manager and I'd still give it 100%. That's the kind of attitude that I would expect from Kane. However, if Conte is able to motivate him to actually reach the same level that we saw last year or better than that, um, then I think that, you know, a hundred mil probably isn't enough still, you know, like he's got the time on the contract. We're not obligated to let him go for anything less. If a hundred mil comes this summer when he's got, you know, what, two years left um, and he'll be 29, maybe 30, I he's getting up there. Then sure. Yeah. Get rid of him. But uh, 
at the time that it happened, I don't think it was a mistake. And I think that with Conte on board now and with, um, you know, how he's performed over the last two international fixtures for England, scoring, what, seven goals over two games, if he carries that forward into the, into the league, into some of the cup competitions, I see no problem with saying, yeah, you know, 100 mil wasn't enough at the time. You know, he can still come good for the season. All right, we'll take that. Sam, you got an opinion on that? I could see your wheels turning a little bit. No, that's, that's an outstanding question. Uh, you know what? The one sort of prevailing thought that I have is if you, if you would have sold Harry this summer for whatever price, do you think Antonio Conte would, would have taken the job? Great point. That's fantastic. So I don't, so I don't know. You know, I, 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 think, um, I think he's a mercurial player. I think he's like a once-in-a-generation player, and he's proving that, that to be for Spurs. I mean, I mean you know, he's going to be the all-time leading scorer for us, you know, hopefully. Uh, he's going to be the all-time England scorer. I mean, he's, he's won, uh, club aside, at almost every stage or he's performed you know it, 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 all these big big moments in his career he just needs to start winning things and um i mean what, what more does he want so i don't know i you know, yeah I, th- I think as uh as steven said i t- time will tell but i i feel like we have the potch aside and i love potch but i think we have the greatest manager w- we've ever had you know barring you know the great billy nick uh you know so i i I, I think these are exciting, you know, times potentially for us. Man, how quickly times change, don't yeah. they? Just, just a couple of weeks ago, we were we were drowning in our oh. our crappy beer, and, and oh, here we yeah. are. To be fair, Nuno wasn't the the manager that we needed. Um, he was always that short term band aid that you know I don't think anybody was completely convinced by. Um, and you know, I remember even when he was appointed before anything even got off the ground, it was like, well, yeah, okay. I, I'll save my my thoughts, but it just kind of feels uninspiring. Conte is an inspiring manager. That's somebody who is going to get things done. Um, I don't know if you guys, I think I shared it with you, the, the um, Twitter thread that Spurs put out of him just yelling at people in training this week. Yeah. That was great, yeah. Glorious. It's great, it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's right? kind of like it's kind of like the way that like Hoiberg started, like fucking just out there pointing at everybody, like screaming and pointing. I love it. Uh, it it's uh, Conte. Conte's like uh, Conte's like your crazy, crazy uncle that you don't want to invite to Thanksgiving, but you know you invite him every year anyway, and and he causes some commotion. He's like he's the guy who's like, let's get out there. We're we're playing football. We're playing football right now. And it's like, well, there's you know, unk, there's there's thirty minutes of dinner. No, we're getting out there. And we're playing football right now. Everybody, let's go. He's the guy. Well, you know? out. There's a foot of snow. Don't care. <laughs> right. All right. Hey, here comes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, regardless of what kind of player you are, but let's just talk about Harry. I mean, a truly, truly great player. You want to play for great managers. Well, he unequivocally is playing for a, a great manager, not a manager that was great. I mean, a manager that, 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 that was great and you know is great and i don't know i mean i i i i really wonder whether this i mean if you think about well what conditions would have needed to exist to keep harry here for the rest of his career it's this kind of appointment now i don't know whether it'll it'll work out i think it will uh but time will tell but this to me is the only way where 
you know, he could really, really be a legend. And I think that's kind of how the job was sold to Conte. I think Paratici told him that. I think Paratici said to him, look, you can be a, a legend here. I mean, you've, you've won at places that have won before, but this is, I mean, this is sort of, you know, turning, you know, gold, you know, turning, you know, uh, dust into gold bars. And uh, so I don't know. I'm, that, that, those are the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm pretty upbeat. All right, very good. Here comes a lightning round question. You guys ready for this? Each of you get an answer. It's a one-word answer, but you got to think quickly. So the question is, what is the one sauce that you would refuse to give up and would walk off the job if the boss told you you couldn't have it? Steve, what's your sauce? Alfredo is the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, how about that? Mike, how about you? Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? <laughs> easily, easily mayonnaise. Mayonnaise for Mike. <laughs> Sam, what do you got? Chalupa. It's this uh, Mexican spicy sauce that I just put on everything. Uh, yes. And my yeah. other one's going to be sriracha, but yeah. Yeah, I thought of that too. Yeah. Sriracha is a good sauce. I think I'm going to go with Mike on the mayo. I think it just, it's, it's the most versatile of all of all sauces and spreads. So we're going to go Don't with that. Don't put mayo on fucking bologna though. I mean, it, it, it pisses me off. It pisses I, me I, off. I, I know a guy at work who did I like it. And it. I think you're being a little touchy there actually, man. I think, I think you should lighten up on that a little bit. Uh, it's bologna's big hot dog. So, all right, moving on. Next question. Here we go. These questions are enjoyable. Sam, this one is for you specifically. You ready? Okay. Oh, is this, this is the one from Ross, right? This is the one. This is from our, our uh, friend of the program, Ross. The question is, Sam, would you rather we were knocked out of the Europa Conference League so that Antonio has more training sessions to stay, to stay in the, um, excuse me a second, so that Antonio has more training sessions or we stay in the ECL to practice as we play, but we risk a lower league finish in the hopes of a winnable trophy. What, what would you rather? In other words, knocked out or, or stay in and take our chances? Well, I'm, I'm not sure that the, the pursuit of success in ECL uh, necessarily, you know, has to be at the expense of a league finish. I mean, we've got a pretty big squad and, uh, and I would think you've got enough players to go around. Like, you know, I love Ross's description there. So, you know, kind of, you know, playing your way into, you know, practice. Or, or, and uh, I, I like the ECL as a format to, to do that. So, I, I don't know. Um, no, I, I, I think I don't think I'd be willing to give that up. I, I, I think it's I think it's playing, uh, you know, I think it's playing for practice there. All right. Stay in, get to practice. Mike, you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to a point, I, exact, I, I think what you're saying, uh, is that like, what Sam is saying is that like, we have, we have this big squad, right? We got like, th what, 300 wingers on the team somewhere in there. Um, we got, you know, and we have a lot of players that are, that are still, you know, coming up through the system, um, that we can use. I know that, I know that Conte doesn't like to use kids that are, they're coming up out, you know, out of the out of the U23s, U18s and stuff. But we have, a, we, he doesn't like to promote those type of kids. He likes to go out and get his guys. Um, but I think we have an opportunity here in the ECL. Um, I, I, th I think he's using it as practice right now um, because he wants to see what he's got in his team. Um, and he knows the guys that are going to, that, that already know each other and have worked well together. Um, but I think in the future, what you might see happening is, is guys here and there being, you know, being rotated out. Um, 
for for a a tougher for a tougher weekend uh, fixture. Um, you know, I don't I, I don't think the East ECL is a must win by any means, but I, I really like uh, I really like the idea of him just coming in and winning this trophy and saying, "All right, this is where we start." Um, as opposed to, you know, this is this is a this is a fuck off trophy. You know, I know I give I give a lot of shit to the Carabao Cup. I, <laughs> um, I hate the Carabao Cup. I, I think it's a it's the the FA Cup's a little redheaded brother, right? Um, but uh, I, I I really no do. No offense I, to I, our redheaded I, listeners at all. We, we're, we're <laughs> we love you. All. I do I do really like the idea of of winning in, uh, the the Europa. Uh, not the 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 cha- the Jesus Christ the Conference League. Uh, I like I like the idea of going out there winning it, but I I don't think you need to you know have all your your big first team players, your big you know starting 11, 11 type players in there. I mean you can rotate the young kids through because eventually they're going to need to get a go in here. I mean, plus you have guys coming back from injury who I, who we haven't seen in you know for a handful of times in years, so. Um, you might get to that in a little bit, but I got some thoughts on, on one of my boys that I really love. So, all right. Speaking of a player that we, we love and want to see do well, here's the next question, Steve, this one's for you. You ready? Oh yeah. This, this is a weird one. <laughs> Would you say that Ndombele's movement on the pitch reminds you more of Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development or the Pikeys from the movie Snatch? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Lucille. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew this was gonna be a question that only Steve could answer too. <laughs> this, this is from this is from a guy I know named Andy. You see, so the, so the the reason is I can just picture him just you know sitting around. It's halftime. They're trying to get each other amped up, right? And they're like, "Come on, guys, we can all do it. I believe in all of us." And then later on, he's just having a drink. I just don't care for that LaSalle. So <laughs> completely stone-faced. I don't know. In my mind, they've got this rivalry, and you know, neither of them have really proved consistently that they can uh, that they can do it for us, but they both think so highly of themselves that they kind of just hate the other one. So it's you're like, suggesting neither one wants the other to do well. Is that is that what you're throwing out? Is that your take? Yeah, I think so. And it's mostly because I feel like if one of them starts doing well, the other one's just going to kind of give up because it's like, well, shit, how am I supposed to compete with that? My The bar for me per, outperforming him was just don't be that bad. When all of a sudden that switches to I have to be consistently good, that's problematic. I mean, <laughs> hopefully Conte can sort that out and both of them can be consistently good. I would love to see that um but yeah i think he's he's just got lucille all over him just sort of you know lazy let's see if i can pick players against themselves you know um but at the end of the day i mean he's he's a boss like (laughs) he just is right we all know it um so yeah i that's what i'm gonna go with final answer there's a lot of layers to that actually steve i think you should maybe like uh copyright a t-shirt that says and is the lucille bluth of european football or something to that effect there's there's something there. I just, we need to tease that out a little bit more. Hey, let's pause for our favorite segment. What do you say? I think it's time for, hey, Mike, what you drinking? You ready, Mike? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. You put me on the spot, Dave. I always do. <laughs> and so, so the, what we're going to do is we're going to ask this question. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? 
uh, today I have this, uh, so I've had this uh, sitting in my fridge. It was a, uh, it was uh, one of those impulse buys. Uh, I, I, it, it was right at the beginning of COVID, uh, and I went to the brewery, um, and they were only doing drive-through. And I said, um, and they were doing discounts. So I drove. <laughs> They're doing discounts for medical workers, and I and I drove like forty miles out of my way to do this. Um, so I go there, and there's like we have this we have this single batch, uh, small barrel single batch. Um, beer that we did you know it's on their menu and it's like 25 dollars a bottle and i was like you know what at a 20 percent discount i'll take uh four pack of this four pack of this four pack of this and uh all right one of those bottles and uh so i it was a it was a drive down to lawson's uh lawson's finest liquids uh they're the purveyors of the uh the very famous sip of sunshine um beer that uh um, that kind of made them famous. They were already they were already kind of famous. They had a, a double sunshine, um, which was phenomenal. Um, but that's back when they were a small, small brewery, and they didn't actually bloom into this giant thing until after um, they had built the new the new brewery. Uh, they're kind of in the the breweries in the shadow of of uh, of uh, Sugarbush. Um, it's in uh, it's in North Faston, Vermont. Um, it's it, it's in the mountains, and it's and it's almost impossible to get to uh, via normal roads, right? Um, just like every single ski town in Vermont. So um, I got Sam's, this Sam's going. What the what the hell are these guys? No, I, I, right now? <laughs> I've been to, I've been to, I know the area. I've I've been to Stratton. I've been to Stratton nice. twice. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, love yeah, Stratton. Man. You guys live in a beautiful, beautiful. Place. Oh my gosh. It's gorgeous. It's insane, right? <laughs> and the and yeah, everything is awesome up there. And your beer, oh my god! So yeah, I'm I'm all ears here. I, That's I, kind I, of why we do this because I wrote, I, I, get... I wrote this down. A sip of sunshine. Now is that a what is a sun what, what is a sunshine beer? So it's a it's an IPA. It's a single yeah, IPA. It's doing little um, IPA. Okay. Sam, we'll send you some. We'll we'll yeah, get is that we'll like connection a, there. So, like in mountains and West Coast, like the summer IPAs, they, they call them hazies. Is that is that similar? Yeah, it's so like all New England uh, and Vermont style IPAs in, in general are, are hazy IPAs. Yeah, um, it's just because they're unfiltered. So most of our breweries were tiny, and they didn't have they didn't have the uh, the ability to um, have bright tanks and stuff to to clarify the beers. So they just kind of let them go. Uh, that's how that's how you got the heady toppers and that kind of stuff oh, you know, the, the legends of the ipa so you have the heady toppers on the east coast and then uh, on the west coast you have plenty of the elder right yeah um, so this thing here is uh this is a pretty big bomb um it's an imperial stout i'm not a huge fan of imperials uh imperial ipas imperial stouts it's got a nice red uh <laughs> foil wrapper on the top uh that's how you know it's fancy. So I'm going to peel this off. It's a <laughs> chocolate tart cherry imperial stout. I don't oh, typically wow. I don't typically go for these uh, for fruit beers. But what's what's the name of it again, Mike? It's the uh, Faced in Maple Chocolate Tart Cherry. And like I said, it's been sitting in my uh, in my beer fridge for a long, long time, and I wanted a special occasion. I think this is the start of the Conte era, so it's a special occasion for me. Um, 
I'm going to open. I, I don't I don't use bottle openers anymore because everything's in cans, but I have my Hand of the King bottle opener. If for all your Game of Thrones fans out there. <laughs> Fantastic. So, if it's ever, oh, there it goes. This bottle. Oh. Yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of cherries in it, that's for sure. It's just a lot of cherries. It's got a bottle of cherries. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a stout. It's thick. It's pouring red, ugh, red, black, brown. Wow, yeah. That's thick. I'm putting it in a Guinness glass. It's the only stout glass that I have. Ah, oh, that looks gorgeous. <laughs> I always get a little sniff. It's it's my wife makes fun of me, Sam, when I when I sniff my beer, but uh because she's uh she's from a town in, in, in Vermont that's uh let's say a, a little rednecky town. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a your prototypical town in Vermont. It's like the one, you know, the, the type of town that you saw, like on uh, Funny Farm, the movie. It would <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like one street and there's shops and and, and restaurants and everybody yeah. knows each other. Yeah. That's, she's from Pultney, Vermont, and, and, and that's the, the type of town it is. Um, she's of the opinion that it, just drink your goddamn beer. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> of that. Of that same opinion, however, I like to smell my beer because it, it you know, it gets your. Taste I, I think if I think if you're going to spend twenty five bucks on a bottle of beer, you can take your time and sniff <laughs> take it. Your time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, so. I want to go on the record as someone who works near Pulteney, Vermont. I'm not sharing your rednecky assessment. That's 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 all, Mike. That's not Dave. I'm just just throwing that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they're an older town that's actually coming back. I think a lot of the younger younger folks are moving out that way. So but you're saying it's gentrifying is what you're telling us. Is that, is that the story? It, there's, there's lots, there's like a taco shop now. There's a, there's a, there's a uh, tap house type of a place. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not just gentrifying. It's, it's, it's Brooklyning, you know, Brooklyning. They've, they've, these... they've, they've hipsterized uh, the part of the town. So uh, it's, which is funny because the college just shut down there. So well, let's, let's get into this thing. I've got a taco shop in town. The Taco Bell, but <laughs> oh BS. I know your restaurant. I know what you get. I wouldn't eat there even if you paid me. I've seen what they do there. This hey, is hey, fantastic. This is yeah, fantastic. I was gonna tell Sam while you're while you're assessing, Sam, we uh we've been fortunate. Wendy from the extra inch has been on a couple times with us, and I think he was fascinated with how long we we drag this little segment out just every time it gets better and better we we just stretch it as far as we can uh, i love wendy uh, it's great you had him on he's he's terrific he's a wonderful wonderful man yes yeah, um, he's, he's we're, we're Super like, we just take five minutes to talk about the game and then 55 minutes for mike to just <laughs> pound through like a break apart this that's really good for him he, 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 you know he probably a good break for him as much as he <laughs> um, talks about as much as he talks about spurs so what, what's our assessment, Mike? Got to tell you, this beer is a hundred percent. It tastes like a chocolate covered cherry. It <laughs> does not taste like an imperial beer at all. There's no like harsh bite at the end. There's no like it. It's very very drinkable. It is ten ten point one percent. Wow, that's that a hearty beer. Mark. Yeah. That's a hearty beer. Um, that is. My it's brewed, yeah, it's brewed with cherries. 
Yeah. Wow. This is this is a this is insane. It's brewed with cherries. It is aged in bourbon barrels, and oh, wow. it's got a hefty dose. It says a, a hefty dose of Vermont maple syrup. This is a this is a hardcore beer. Um, I, I so kind of I, I I love that I did this tonight, but you kind of wish I had saved it for the uh, the USA Jamaica game tomorrow night. But um, Ooh, that's right. because that's that's going to be a long that might be a long night, but it'll be fun after that Mexico win. I got to tell you this uh, this beer on my on my scale is uh, four point one four point one out of five. Now your highest has been four point two, if I'm correct. Is that am I mm-hmm. accurate in that? Yeah, all right, that's correct. So it's right up there. Yeah, all right, that's very good, excellent. We'll keep working on that during the the brief time we have remaining together. We're gonna we're gonna maximize that thing as much as we can, Mike. And for for all of our listeners, this has been hey, Mike, what you drinking? <laughs> it was faced in maple chocolate. No, faced in maple Jerry. stout. What was it called? uh it's a face yeah it's called the face and maple um they did a bit different uh a, 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 like a series of them uh this is the chocolate cherry chocolate tart cherry. cherry perfect all right back to back to spurs let's uh let's just talk a little bit about this international break let's let's talk about the question actually sam i heard you and your guys touching on this a little bit um just in terms of you know people who will benefit and and who um benefit from being around during the break and who might suffer from being away a little bit uh steve i'm wondering what are you what are your thoughts on the advantageous benefit of two weeks with antonio conte for some of our some of our guys um, I mean, from, from what I can tell players like, uh, like Reggion comes to mind. I think he's going to be massive, uh, during this two week stretch simply because he's got the raw talent and the skill. Um, yeah, he just needs some consistency. If, and if there's anybody who's going to get him to do the right stuff, the right way consistently, it's going to be Antonio Conte. I think he, he's a huge benefit, but he was also somebody who was playing for the first team anyway. Um, so he's just somebody I see who was good gets better. Um, honestly, and, and I know our, our good friend Nikki Winks is going to appreciate this. I think Winks is somebody who would benefit from uh, from what Conte has to offer. He just the, the system that he rolls out. I just see Winks as being much more instrumental in that system where he requires these sort of quick um, passing of the ball. Uh, you know, we saw a bit of it in his first two games in charge. And, and you know, one of Wink's biggest skill sets is, is his passing. Often we've seen it and we criticized it for being sideways and backwards. But I think if Conte can get it into his head to, you know, ping out these forward passes. I mean, I still remember the uh, the Real Madrid game where he, he looked like prime Iniesta. Um, I, I think he's got that in him. He just doesn't have the confidence. He's been played and asked to do things that are sort of outside of his toolkit. Um, I, I think Conte will find a place where he could succeed. Um, I, I think he's probably the one that I'm most interested to see if he does develop into a, a much more positive player and somebody who, you know, even if he's not a starter, is like a really good, like you see him off the bench getting ready to sub on. You're like, all right, yeah, Wiggs is coming on. Like this is game's changing now. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes on the flip side of that. I don't know. I really don't know if players like, like Deliot and Dombele are going to enjoy having Conte riding them 
so much. Delhi for me, his best moments were, you know, those late runs in the box where he kind of picked the ball up, you know, un unmarked and, and just fire it home. And I don't know that Conte's system necessarily plays to that strength so much. The opportunities would be there. Obviously, we saw many uh, instances where players were just rushing the box, much more so than under Nuno and under Mourinho. Um, but I just, you know, he's somebody who wants to arrive late. And, and I just don't know if that works for that system. I, I'd love to be proved wrong because he's obviously a talented player and, and he's given a lot to the club. But I just, you know, him, I just don't know that it's going to work out again. I think his best move is probably to, to leave. Um, and in Dombele, I just haven't seen the commitment and the drive to, to give the level that Conte demands of his players. You know, he's somebody who, you know, we might see him perform well for like a month or two. Uh, and then he'll just get tired of, of the system, tired of the training and just kind of give up on it. You know, I, I just think about Poch's training sessions and how rigorous those were and how miserable Ndombele is uh, when he first came on. You know, we barely saw him after he signed, you know, five, six appearances. Uh, I just see that going in the same direction. Unless Conte is a hell of a man motivator, which he, he can be. He's, he's, um, you know, his, his motivation skills are, are pretty well documented. Um, if he's able to get that turned around, great. You know, I think Ndombele is going to be an absolute world-class player under him. But I just, you know, I haven't seen enough from him to think that he's just going to accept, oh, well, if all I have to do is train harder, then, you know, that's great. I just, he just seems like somebody who wants the easy way out. And I don't think Conte enjoys that. I, I think we have, a, I think we have a, a particular issue as Spurs fans with uh, just kind of, labeling a guy lazy i mean we labeled delhi lazy we label and down the lay lazy um I, I i think i think there's a maybe a little more to that and i, I think i think it's um the way guys you know uh grew up or came up through the systems uh, uh playing and being trained you know uh the the french league is way 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 different than the english premier league and 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 their uh in, in the in the way that the the coaching and the training is done, um, you know, I, I I think that the game is more physical than than in Dombele had imagined. Maybe um, in in England versus versus France. Um, so you know, I I Deli Alley is a different story. You know, he was dealing with injuries. Um, you know, and and. Uh, I think a lot of these guys get flack for things that, that we perceive, but I, I don't know if they're actually true. I don't think in Don, and actually proved that he can go 90 minutes, you know, I mean, recently um, he's done it. Um, I, I, I think that, I think that Conte is the, the, the perfect type of coach to get out of him what we expected when he signed at Tottenham. I just, I just think that sometimes we go a little too far. Now, you know, the, the, the stuff that happened in the preseason, I gave him a lot of flack for, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the whining and pissing and moaning about Dyer putting in a hard tackle, you know, it, in a practice, you know, and he threw the water bottle, you know, and then had his little hissy fit on the sidelines. 
you know, that's, that's the type of shit I don't like, but I don't, I don't necessarily like to say that. I, I wouldn't say that he's lazy. I, I, I mean, it may look like he's not giving an effort, but I think, I think it's a lot of it's because he's really fucking good and it comes up really easy to him. I think, I think Mike, that's part of the problem with him. Like the optics of how Ndombele moves, you know, he, his, his, just his gait is labored, right? Like the, he does amazing things on the ball. He, he, when, when he's got the ball in traffic, you're not worried that he's going to give up possession. You're actually are waiting to see what amazing thing he's going to do. But when he's off the ball, you don't see things that look like what we want to see looking like hustle. And when he, when he's running all out, he looks uncomfortable. Like he's about to tip over, you know, there's just this interesting dynamic that maybe is the whole Lucille Bluth connection that Steve was, was building on earlier. Sam, I, I'm not trying to make this all about Ndombele, but what are your thoughts just on, on him and his future under Conte? Any, any opinions? Boy, you know, it's such a, a, a tantalizing player, right? I mean, he just, he, you know, he's, he's literally a, the player that can get you out of your seat at a moment's notice. And, uh, you know, players like that, I mean, we have a history of having players like that at, at our club. And so, you know, from a, from just a pure Spurs perspective, I mean, it's the classics, you know, hope springs eternal with him, but, you know, he's one of a, a small handful of players that you could argue this is sort of his last stop. I mean, it'll be, you know, four, uh, managers, I think for him, five for uh, for Delhi, certainly, you know, three or four for uh, for Ndombele. And, and look, I I I know it hasn't been a bed of roses uh, for 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 him here at Spurs, but he hasn't reached his p- potential, uh, and he hasn't you know, reached any form of consistency. So I'd love to see him. I think we all would. Who doesn't want to see him? You know, get us out of our seats, but all the time. And be effective and uh, be a part of uh, you know a, a, a winning team and it just remains to be seen very well put absolutely hey we're we're approaching the the witching hour of our little time together so i want to make sure we're starting to wrap our heads around closing thoughts so uh everybody be thinking about that but before we get to that i want to throw one more question at, at you you ready for for one more question um this is it. It's from, from our buddy, Andy. And the question is, what are the actual appropriate expectations for Spurs in a year where there is not managerial upheaval? Can you remember one of those, anyone? It's been, it's been a little while. Wondering if the string of Champions League appearances were actually fool's gold during a, during a period when Man U, Arsenal, Liverpool were all down somewhat. Um, if we start next season with Conte, and he he's with us for the whole season. Is it reasonable for us to expect to be back in a Champions League spot? Like, is that the reasonable expectation for this club, or did we just have a lucky streak for a for a decent period of time? Anybody want to get after that? I mean, easy enough answer for me. I think that with Conte, with what twenty plus games to go this season, and a January transfer window, depending on how the investment goes in January, I think that we've got a good shot at the Champions League spot. This season, not everybody is performing particularly well consistently. You know, there's not many points keeping us out of the top four. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't see him taking a long time to get up and running. He's somebody who makes his ideas known. And it's not, let me, you know, kind of work with the players, massage the uh, ideas into them. It's you're going to do this or else. 
Um, so I can see him getting things turned around pretty quickly. I don't think we're going to be, you know, winning week in, week out, no problem. Um, but given how some of the other clubs around us have been performing, given um, how we're only a third of the way through the season, I think we can probably hope for that, that, you know, top four finish um, at the very least, you know, a European spot again. And yeah, I think next year with a full preseason, full summer window, when things are probably a little easier to do business, um, there's no doubt in my mind, Conte, if he sticks around and, and uh, the club more importantly buys into uh, to what he needs, what he's dictated would transform the squad. Then yeah, I see no reason why we can't get a, a Champions League spot. No problem. Sam, what do you think on that one? No, I I, I think she absolutely nailed it. Uh, I I think uh, I think everybody at the club, regardless of how this this season turns out, will have a high level of expectation. I think I think Conte will just. Uh, just because of who he is, right? So he's here to win. So uh, yeah, that big, big, you know, obviously the, the big if is will he be backed? And I don't know. I'm, I'm look. I've, I've been, I've had a, I've had a topsy turvy relationship with um, Enoch and my thoughts on uh, on their ownership and particularly Daniel's executive management skills, his strengths, his his, his weaknesses, and. I, I think he's a highly intelligent guy. I think he spent a lot of his time at Spurs, you know, rating himself, particularly in, in, you know, with his negotiating skills. But I think he's smart enough to realize that really in the end result, in many respects, he's just been sort of, you know, penny wise and pound foolish. And now it's time for him to sort of take his hands off the steering wheel. And I think that he learned his lesson when he lost Conti the first time and he was dealing with a man of principles and I think if there's ever a period of time in his stewardship, if you will, at Spurs, where he realizes he cannot fuck around, pardon my French, it's now. So I don't know. Maybe I'm giving him far more credit than a lot of Spurs fans uh, would suggest that I should. But that's the way that I, I, I view this now. There's, there's adults in the football room, and I think Daniel is smart enough to realize that. With you on that, with you. Mike, what do you think? No, I, I, I completely agree. I, I honestly think that that – Levy, uh, he, you know, he may have this giant ego. He may, he may want to do things the way he wants to do them. But in, in the end, like, I think he uh, might have backed him his himself into a corner, hiring a guy like uh, Paratici, who, who he knows uh, now is was in control, right? And and I think that Paratici. Uh, didn't necessarily want Nuno. I think he wanted Conte from the beginning. I think we see that now. Um, I, I think we brought some guys in that we might have uh, not brought in under an actual um, a, a big play for Nuno. Um, and I, I think that now Daniel Levy is probably thinking, "Shit, now what? What, what have I done here? I'm not in control anymore." But I think it's going to bear fruit in the end that that tree is going to bear fruit. Um, and that, that fruit is going to be silver. You know, I mean, I, I honestly think that Conte is the guy that's going to turn this club around. And um, like I said, you know, I said before, Larry Bird is not walking through that door. Kevin McHale is not walking through that door and, and Pochettino is not walking through that door. This is not a, a stopgap measure. I, I think that 
what is the reported uh, like 18 months that they give him i th- i think he gets more than yeah. that i think he's got more than that or he has an option for more than that um i i don't think he's here to just turn us around and then and then leave he's not here as a placeholder for pochettino uh i i think we can stop talking about pochettino at this point um i don't think psg is going to let him go i don't care about his i know that i know that at PSG, like it's a big deal uh, to win in Europe. You know, it's a very big deal. Um, and it, I, I guess I, I know that it is because, you know, that's like a two, three, maybe a, a, on a given year, a four team league. Um, but, you know, Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy has kind of painted himself into a corner and, 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 and it might be a good corner to be, to be standing in at this point. Yes. Because- no, he, you, you nailed it. I mean, he's been, his, his, sort of incompetence in certain areas has actually sort of afforded him incredible luck. Like right, yeah. how he's managed to sort of luck box his way back in. I mean, thank <laughs> God Nuno was just so like, just did not understand entertaining football at, at all. Thank yeah. God he didn't. Right. Yeah. Right, right, we, wouldn't, right. we wouldn't be. I mean, so it's not like now Grant. And, and so that's the reason why I say, I, I really genuinely think that he's learned because th- this was sort of proof of that. Cause he did screw up. I mean, he, he let him get away. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and I think he was smart enough to realize I can't screw, I can't screw this up anymore. So totally. yeah, I, I, Mike, I think make outstanding, outstanding points. And, and, you know, I think Tim, Tim mentioned on the pod and I'd never really thought about this until he brought it up and he said it and it, it probably won't sit. It, it, it didn't sit well with me at first, but it's true. Conte is a better manager than Mauricio Pochettino. I love Pochettino. Oh, I love him. I love him. I love him. I don't, I've yeah. never loved the Spurs manager more than him. But, but but Antonio Conte is, is is a better manager, and, and maybe you know maybe uh, maybe Andy was right earlier that maybe maybe Pochettino was just a beneficiary of of uh, the time that he came in where the 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 giant the giant names and giant clubs were just a little down at that point. I mean, yeah. who knows? But yeah. in in the end, uh, I I think that's gonna the, the way it's gonna work out this year. If if we are to make it in the top four, top five. I think, you know, it's, this league is incredible and it. And I, I always liken it to kind of the NFL where there's incredible parody, right? There's, there's always those teams that, you know, are going to be good, you know, but there's always those one, two, three, four teams who are like always right there on, on the precipice of like doing something great. You saw it with Lester a few years ago and, and like, I can't believe this team won, you know, I, in, in the end. So, I mean, that, that opportunity right now exists for Tom. You know, Sam, I just want to say, I agree with what you said and what Tim said that, that Conte is a better manager than Pochettino. I just want to make sure that we see Conte be a better Spurs manager than Pochettino, yeah. right? Well, like that's, it, it, that's the X factor for us. No, that's great. That's a great point. And Dan, you know, followed that up with, you know, look, yeah, I think his question was, is, uh, you know, can, can we, you know, yes, you know, Antonio, you know, Blanconi, Antonio Conte be good for Spurs and can Spurs be good for, for, for Conte. So no, I, you, you're right. I mean, look, a, a lot has, a lot has to go our, our, our way. And, and just because he's Antonio Conte and, and, you know, his pedigree is what it is. It doesn't guarantee success. And it's, you know, the, the league is complicated. There are no guarantees. But I think if I asked Mike, I said, Mike, well, you know, let's play back to the future and we can go back six months and I'm going to give you a chance to snatch 
Mauricio away from PSG or stick with who you have as manager now. Um, I, I sense he's probably going to stick with the manager that he has now. Yeah, 100%. No question. Yeah. No question. All right, gentlemen, closing thoughts. Are you ready? Steve, let's start with you. Wrap us up. Yeah, I mean, if you look at our schedule coming up, we've got a relatively straightforward series for, for a couple of weeks. I mean, we got Leeds, Murrah, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich. You know, I'm not saying any game is is particularly easy in the league, right? There, to Mike's point, there's the parity that we've got. Um, but on paper, they're all winnable games. Um, this should be a good test of, of you know, counting system and, and getting all that stuff. Uh, squared away with the players and put it into practice. Um, I mean, really, even looking further out than that, you've got, you know, Ren, you've got Brighton, Leicester, and then Liverpool, for me, is like, that's where it gets, like, real. Um, you know, maybe you can argue Leicester, uh, but I don't know. They've been kind of off off a little bit this season. Um, but we typically dominate them. It's, it's, it's a weird relationship we have with Leicester. Yeah, I mean, it's the Liverpool game that for me is going to see whether or not this holds up for some of the uh, some of the big guns in the league. But that's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Uh, more than that, God, I can't even count eight games um, until we even hit Liverpool. That's that's got to be a lot of time to figure out your system, figure out which players are going to do it for you. Um, no, I think this is going to be an exciting uh, next couple of weeks here if we start poorly against you know Leeds and Murr and Burnley then uh, maybe we'll be having a different conversation then but I mean with what I've seen in the first two games of the Conte era he's had two weeks to work with that good chunk of the players um no I think we'll uh we'll finally see a couple dare I say wins um over the next few weeks and, and I'm excited to see uh see what comes of it Steve usually makes good predictions. We're going to go with that. Mike, how about you? What are your closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thoughts. I didn't get to talk about my boy that I, I think is going to um, be favored uh, um, when he comes back from injury. Um, in, in this, my, fan, my fantasy, my fantasy Premier League team name is uh, is Let's Talk About Sess. There um, it is. I was. I was kidding. I didn't know that's where you're going. No, wow. dude, I love Sessignon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's great. Are you kidding me? This this guy was the he was the golden child, right? And then uh, and then uh, hamstring after hamstring after hamstring. You know, I mean, uh, you know, us 45, 50 year old guys know know what uh what you know aches and pains and injuries feel like. But like, you know, you have injury after injury. Um, I think once Sessignon comes back, I, I, he's going to be, he's going to be favored in the team. I think Skippy's going to be favored in the team. I think my, my boy, uh, my Viking is going to be, uh, he might be on the edge of being maybe not, fa- not so favored, but I mean, for now we got to play the way we play because of people, of pe- people that we have available. So, I mean, Hoiberg's going to play Skippy's Skippy's out the next game. Uh, I, I think that, like Steve said, we got a good run of games coming here. I dare say we got, you know, close to, I'm not going to say till we get to, till we get to Liverpool, there's one, two, three, four, five easily winnable games. Right. I mean, easily winnable games. So that's like 15 points right there. I say we get, I get, I say we get 12 out of it. 
there's going to be a there's going to be a trip up somewhere we're going to we're going to get screwed by brentford because you know a little cocky yeah well you know i mean it's because willem defoe was their coach you know gotta watch my boy tommy frank you gotta watch out for that guy tommy frank looks just like willem defoe and i'm i'm never gonna think otherwise don't sleep on brentford never sleep on brentford don't sleep on the bees so i i think that i think that um you're gonna see you're gonna see sassignan coming back he's gonna be favored he's a he's a prototypical prototypical Conte type player. I think Harry Winks is going to be playing against Leeds. I think he's going to start um, when in actuality, I think it should probably be, I don't know, probably LaSalle. So, but like, you know, just like my son, you know, lots of shots, lots of shots can't score. <laughs> Cause skips out on yellows against Leeds, right? Skips out on yellows. So, yep, so gotcha. something's going to, something's going to have to be done. It's probably going to be winks, I think. But like I said, it, I mean, it could, it should, it could and should be LaSalle. So maybe in Dombele, but um, I, you know, I give my, my son a little shit. He had uh, legit the other night had, uh nine shots and six of them on goal no goals <laughs> so I, I i told him i said you got to get back out in the air bud <laughs> no question but um hey. I, yeah he, look look uh, i think we got a good run of games and i think things are gonna gonna look great for us you know i'm i'm ever the uh ever the optimist you know very good sam how about you can you bring us home with your closing thoughts for the evening well, I, I like to ask Tim this question. I, I, I ask him every once in a while, give us the Tottenham Hotspur Football Club state of the nation. And I, I'm going to I'm going to give you my state of the nation. And uh, now, admittedly, I'm a hopeless romantic and I, and I love this club, uh, you know, even more than I did my, my very first girlfriend, who I'm sure I told her I loved her well before she told me. Uh, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure my, my, uh, my, my romantic view here, but I, I, I've, you know, it, I find myself, uh, throughout the years sort of describing, well, gosh, you know, what could be the elixir? What would be the, the panacea, the, the, the perfect solution to our ills. And as I've sort of gone through that mental exercise recently, and I, well, it, well, in, in looking back and I look at where we are and I look at, uh, you know, past COVID, I think I have a good appreciation for the club's finances, uh, and and I think we've got uh, a CEO that has plenty of weaknesses, has plenty of bad things uh, in his history. He's done a lot of good things, and and I don't think he's really I don't think he's stupid. And I also don't think he's going anywhere. And I think about who we have leading the football side of things for Spurs, uh, and that's not not one but two of the absolute best resources that you could have asked for in those positions. And so as a result, I have a very kind of for an excitable guy. I'm really kind of calm. I'm, I'm a big picture guy and I'm not going to get into, you know, the next six or seven matches, although I see the fixture list for what, for what it is, but I think we're going to be okay. And it may not be on the timeline that we'd all like for it to be, but I just feel like that if Daniel keeps his hands up in the air and, uh, and finds ways to, to, to spend money, and I don't think Conte's going to ask him to be terribly irresponsible. I think we'll be all right. So I think the state of the nation of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club is pretty good. And that is a good note to end, my friend. So, Sam, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for being with us and spending the time and, and uh, becoming a friend of Wicked Spursy. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I really, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to get to know you guys and to, and to, and to chat Spurs. I swear, you got to have Tim on because, I mean, like, 
you know, he was, he was talking about Sessegnon's like, you know, and he pointed out that, you know, we have all these fixtures. There's no way that, you know, Reggie's going to be able to, you know, play all these games. And so, so much of, uh, of what you, uh, you, you guys talk about so, so eloquently, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 it reminds me of some of the things that, uh, that we talk about. So, yeah, I'm sure if you ask some of the other guys, I'd love to be on as well. I had a, I had a blast and uh, I, uh, I wish you guys all the best and I'll be sure to, uh, make sure everybody knows uh, you guys for the quality outfit that you are. Hey, so that's awesome. We appreciate that. So with that, we're Wicked Spursy. It's uh, Mike, Steve, Dave, special guest, Sam. As always, folks, take care of each other. Be kind to people. Make good decisions. Get your vaccines if you have it. All that good stuff that we need to do right now. And uh, as always, quiz, 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 quiz. Be safe. <laughs>